This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majlis podcast. Pulse 95. The Morning Majlis. Talking the stories that are shaping headlines. This is, this is Pulse 95. Stories shaping the headlines about issues that are have been dominating and have been dominating the conversations. It's been there. A lot of people go and come across arthritis in particular. So that's where our focus is going to be at this stage of the day. The reason is we had the World Arthritis Day that was observed in earlier in October. And to talk to us about more awareness initiatives, we're very kindly joined by a very familiar in a household name in the country. It is Dr. Homera Badsha uh, from the Middle East Arthritis Foundation. Thank you for joining us and a very good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a great pleasure to have you on board with us today. And uh, we, you know, we'd like to start off uh, the discussions with, um, with a focus on uh, the, 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 the misconceptions surrounding arthritis and uh, you know, how it is being detected. Why is it very important to get that long-term care for it? So if you can talk to us about the common misconceptions. So first of all, people think that arthritis is something which affects old people. Mm. And arthritis, actually, there are 50 types of arthritis, and some of them affect children as young as one year old. That's juvenile arthritis. And they also think that there is no treatment for arthritis. But of course, there can be very effective treatments for arthritis, uh, especially in the earlier stages. So these are the two most common misconceptions about arthritis. Let's talk more about the types of arthritis. We always hear like this person has rheumatoid arthritis. This person has ankylosing spondylitis. This person has uh, osteoarthritis. This person has um, uh, uh, reactive arthritis. And there's also the psoriatic arthritis. Can you just talk to us a little bit? Just give us a little bit of um, information about every type that is so common of arthritis. Amazing. You know so much and so many names of arthritis. That's amazing. So the most common type is osteoarthritis. That's the one which is wear and tear and affects older people. Then there is a whole group of autoimmune types of arthritis where your immune system affects your body and starts attacking your body from inside. And then you start developing swelling and inflammation. So depending on the site of body, site of body affected, such as if it's your small joints of your hands, your fingers, your wrists, that would be rheumatoid arthritis. If it's affecting your spine with inflammation, young people, they think they have back pain. They're sitting in the office a long time and they get really stiff with back pain. That could be ankylosing spondylitis, which is actually an inflammatory condition. And they go undiagnosed a long time because they just think I'm getting back pain because I'm sitting too long or I'm not exercising. And there is lupus, a condition which mostly affects women with skin rashes and, and arthritis, and but that can affect your organs as well, your liver and kidney, and needs to be diagnosed and treated properly. And uh, we, we'd mentioned psoriatic arthritis that comes with a skin condition yeah. called psoriasis. If you have flaky skin and psoriasis, you should always watch out for arthritis because it can go on to developing in other joints. And there's a whole other category, which is gout. Gout is gouty arthritis, which is related to a high uric acid level in the blood. So in that condition, you know, we can control the uric acid levels through diet or medication. And uh, those are the different types broadly. And in terms of, uh, in, t- uh, in terms of uh, the signs and symptoms of how to detect if I have any type of arthritis, what would those symptoms or the initial symptoms be? 
first of all is persistent pain. If you have persistent pain in one joint or many joints lasting more than a week or 10 days, you need to get help. If it's just one joint, you played some paddle tennis, which is very common these days, and you get a knee pain, that's fine. You know, it'd probably go away with just some rest and physiotherapy, icing the joint. But if you have persistent pain in the joint, you really should seek help. See a rheumatologist early. The second sign is swelling or inflammation. If a joint is swollen up, you definitely need to see a doctor immediately. Uh, the third thing would be morning stiffness. If you're back, you wake, get out of bed in the morning and you're stiff and you can't move for more than 15, 20 minutes uh, or you find it difficult to move. You feel like an old person, you say, when you get out of bed. That's another sign to watch out for. And, you know, I'd like to ask about the lifestyle factors that could be really uh, um, related to arthritis. Can you talk to us about the factors like diet or physical activity or even your occupation in terms of your career? How can they affect your rate of arthritis? So first of all, the most important thing would be your weight. Uh, obesity is one of the biggest factors, not just with osteoarthritis, putting physical weight on the body. But fat in the body is also a place of inflammation. It increases inflammation in the body. So it also contributes to autoimmune types of arthritis. So you need to control your weight. Number two is lack of exercise. We all have to exercise. The more you have healthy, strong muscles, the better it supports your joints and the better you have. Number three is vitamin D deficiency. So we're indoors and that's like prevalent, so prevalent in the country. So vitamin D deficiency actually contributes to autoimmune conditions. We saw during COVID that people who had lower vitamin D levels did worse than people who had better vitamin D levels. So your immune system needs vitamin D. And the fourth thing I would say is smoking. Smoking is really bad for all types of arthritis, for your bone health, for osteoporosis, and for everything. So if you had to broadly put it in these categories, it's weight, it's uh, lack of exercise, it's vitamin D deficiency in smoking. Now I'm going to talk a little bit more on, on, on the awareness levels. Um, the fact is, you know, I remember it was about over 10 years ago when my own mother actually went to see you personally and, as, and consulted with you. And then back in those days, all insurance companies would be scratching their heads when it was a, an issue of an arthritis. Nowadays, it's becoming a little bit more common and insurances are also supporting it and backing it. Can you talk to us about the, the level that you've observed in terms of the care that is now on offer in the country and an acceptance level from institutes such as insurance companies to, to offer the care for this, uh, this issue? Yeah, it's been amazing recently. So when I first came to the country 18 years back, I collected data and I published it in a leading journal, which showed that the lack of awareness, there's a delay to diagnosis of 18 months. And uh, there was a delay in treatment. And this was resulting in people having a lot of deformities because there's a lack of awareness of even who a rheumatologist is. So um, after about four or five years of the Middle East Arthritis Foundation and these awareness building activities, like all of you are contributing to, the uh, delay to diagnosis had really decreased substantially. So that's one thing. Now we have, when I came, there were very few rheumatologists. Now we have more than 20, not 20, sorry. We have more than 60 rheumatologists in Dubai alone and hundreds in the country. And the insurance companies are aware of the, the these conditions. They are aware of the uh, you know diagnostic criteria. They're aware of the different medications which need to be Thing, uh, you know, and the the government has done a great job of partnering with us as well in uh, raising awareness of this and and you know liaising with the insurance companies to make sure these uh, conditions, these chronic painful conditions, are mm. covered under insurance. 
And you you spoke earlier about juvenile arthritis. Mm. How important is early detection when it comes to managing this disease? As you can imagine, juvenile arthritis can be devastating if not treated well. A child who gets a deformity lives with that for the rest of their lives, cannot play sports or do anything. So it's extremely important for early detection in juvenile arthritis for awareness. The pediatricians are the ones who are the front lines because the child goes to the pediatrician first and they should be aware that they need to refer this patient on to a rheumatologist. Uh, there are very effective treatments available these days and the child can live a completely normal life as long as they're detected and diagnosed. Now, if you go back uh, to the root of the of the disorder now, is it because, for example, uh, it runs in the family that you get this order, this disorder or is it because you crack your knuckles <laughs> or you have bad habits every day? Um, does it develop over time? How does it happen normally? So basically, as we discussed for osteoarthritis, which is a wear and tear, the lifestyle factors are more important, such as obesity, lack of exercise. But in autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, there is a genetic predisposition. It doesn't necessarily run in families, but um, you know, there, there can be a trigger. There's a gene inside you and something triggers it. Mm -hmm. So virus can trigger it, stress can trigger it. Um, an injury can trigger previous, it. Previous uh, joint injury, I assume you're talking about, right? Yeah, any yeah. injury, like yeah. you fall on a shoulder, you can wake up the next morning and have all your joints swollen and inflamed. So mm. anything can trigger it. So. Mm. On the 21st, you're organizing a particular event um, uh, for, for more awareness. Uh, can you talk to us about how uh, the community can get involved and, and, and what are the plans uh, for that specific day? So uh, we have this world arthritis day event every year running for the last 15 years or so where we invite our patients and some of their families or significant partners who are helping in their care and we talk a lot about lifestyle factors we also have circles of sharing where the patients with chronic arthritis share their stories with others the ones who are cured they encourage the others with their stories of success we have a dance program where dance and movement is um, an important aspect of you know helping with de-stressing and helping with exercise. We have sound healing, which decreases a stress. Uh, the rheumatologists are on hand to answer any questions. Um, and um, you know it's a great day overall where people really feel energized and they get hope. Uh, it's a message of hope and you know healing. And you know days like those being on the twenty first are so important for patients, but. To anyone listening in who might suffer from arthritis, have you got any advice for the daily living with arthritis who actually might struggle with the daily tasks uh, due to the pain caused by this disease? So first of all, I think you should not struggle if you're on the right treatment. You know, you should you should have the right treatment, uh, hire the right rheumatologist, get your, get your inflammation under control um, and uh, have physiotherapy and exercise programs. So the most important thing is to exercise if you have arthritis. People say, oh, my dog, someone told me I shouldn't climb stairs if I have arthritis or I shouldn't do this. You should, as long as the inflammation is under control, you need to exercise and you need to try and do everything as much as possible. I don't like seeing my patients in a wheelchair. I'll be like, next time you need to be out of this wheelchair and be walking in my clinic. And they have a goal to uh, to work towards, you know, getting out of the wheelchairs. So. Uh, so we can do that. And, you know, people should not be disabled anymore by arthritis. They should not be in wheelchairs as a result because we have amazing new treatments. We have 
great things which we can offer our patients, which we didn't have like 20 years ago. So for this condition, uh, patients should go to a rheumatologist. Uh, but I just want to have a general question right here for many people who tend to make a mistake between the two specialties. Um, in what cases do we go to an orthopedic and in what cases do we go to a rheumatologist? For orthopedic doctors are mainly surgical. Rheumatologists are medical. We don't do surgery. So if a, if a joint needs knee replacement, if your disc needs to be replaced, if your shoulder, you ruptured a tendon needs surgery, you definitely have to go to an orthopedic doctor. But early stages of osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, all the types of arthritis are, and all, all the autoimmune uh, arthritis are absolutely always only managed by rheumatologists. Well, lots of clarifications and lots of uh, optimism as well. If your inflammation is under control, it doesn't stop you from getting active and trying to uh, to get back with your life. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Hamera Batsha. It was really uh, a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, there's, there's lots that we've learned today as well. Thank you so much for raising awareness. Thank you all. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.